It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, uncovering what happened on January the 6th is a noble goal for sure. But in the world of rising inflation, important Supreme Court decisions, is the January 6th committee missing the mark when it comes to communicating with the public? And will any of this change how people view whether it's the former president, what happened that day, what happened after? Uh, Really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Gary Abernathy, who's a contributing columnist to The Washington Post, had a great piece on the January 6th committee, and there's there's so much to it, and there's so many uh, components that we want to get to. Uh, Gary, thanks for joining us today, and, and let's start with kind of the, the broad brush. Uh, in terms of the January 6th committee, uh, are they are they hitting the mark? Uh, are they moving the needle at all, uh, or is this just more show and, and window dressing? Well, boy, thanks for having me on. First, let me apologize. I live in Sinus Valley, Ohio, and I'm I'm dealing with seasonal allergies, so I'm going to do the best I can here today. Okay? We, we, we appreciate we appreciate um, you playing hurt for us today, Gary. We we always yeah, that's a noble task. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that um, you know they're they're so scripted, Boyd. Uh, they're so choreographed. Um, I watched today's hearing, and you know they kind of did a good job. I think proving that um, Joe Biden won the election. But I don't think that that's their goal. I don't think that's what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, so I, I, just, I feel I felt like from Thursday night, um, you know, it's a prosecutor's case. It's a prosecutor's brief. A lot of people have tried to compare this to Watergate. You know, and with Watergate, I'm old enough to remember the Watergate hearings. I was a teenager, but I'm old enough to remember them. And you know, there really was a feeling that they were just trying to get some facts. They really didn't think at the beginning they were ever going to bring down Richard Nixon or that he would ever end up resigning from office. That wasn't what was on their mind. Today, you've got a you've got this committee that's pretty much composed of mostly Democrats and the two Republicans chosen by Nancy Pelosi. Um, and they just seem like, you know, we've got a preordained conclusion we're going to. We have a we have a script that we're going to follow to get there and just uh, sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, I think I think that's an interesting thing because I, I I do think that's where things seem to be missing. I I felt the same way in terms of okay that's that's an interesting line, but we've we've known all of this all along. So yeah. you know if they're just trying to relitigate or or fight the last word, that doesn't seem to advance the cause of the country of informing the voter or or getting to the the real issues that that a congressional committee yeah. should be should be getting at. Well, that's right. And I tell you, there could be a lot of really interesting uh, cross-examination going on here with these witnesses. You could have some of their statements and beliefs challenged if you had a normal hearing where, you know, you have people uh, there to, to ask tough questions. And, every, you know, even the, the questions that are being asked, you can tell that most of the time they're reading them off of a teleprompter yeah. in front of them. So it's a it's a. It's a TV producer. I know they have a network TV producer uh, kind of running the whole thing, putting it all together. 
And, you know, again, Boyd, I'm not someone who downplays January 6th. I'm in the case that it was a terrible thing. You know, I used to be a a, a, I was a Trump supporter. Uh, I tell people I'm still glad he was president. But what he did after the election, refusing to accept the election results, and in my opinion, contributing to what happened on January 6th, it disqualifies him from my future support. But on the other hand, um, you know, even the Washington Post and others have looked into this, concluded that most of the people who have been charged with going into the Capitol were just normal, everyday people who kind of got caught up in it. And when it, they shouldn't have gone in there, and they should be prosecuted. And anybody who pre-planned anything, proud boys, whatever they may be, should be prosecuted fully. But I don't think you're going to find this grand conspiracy they're kind of looking for and trying to connect the dots where, where Trump or anybody else really masterminded this whole thing. I think it was just – now, did he light the fuse that day and say, hey, we're going to march to the Capitol, and if you don't fight for your country, you're not going to have a country? Yeah, that was terrible language, especially when your own loyal vice president, who's been loyal to you for four years, is conducting a constitutionally mandated counting of the electoral vote. Right. Uh, that was terrible. It was irresponsible. But let's, uh, you know, we have a tendency in this country, don't we, to kind of take something and then just go go one <laughs> mile too far with it. And I that's think that's right. what's happening here. Yeah. And, and I think one of the interesting things, and, and I'm with you, I, I do think that, you know, having congressional hearings have their place, and and sadly, they've become a real performative place for clicks and likes yeah. and fundraising. Um, and this seems to be. Uh, I, I was hoping I would watch this and see or learn something new or different, or wow, we've really got to fix yeah. that piece or or do that. But uh, as, as you mentioned, they're so scripted; they're reading their questions off of a teleprompter. Yeah, much of the video that they show is someone also reading a teleprompter. Uh, And so there seems to be a a little bit of a disconnect there. One of the things you pointed out uh, in your piece that I wanted to ask you about uh, was part of this is this chase of everything being breaking news, everything, you know, being viewers and clicks. How has that hurt the process in terms of what we should be doing, which is to get to the truth and to make sure that the American people have trust uh, that the system works? Yeah, well, that's a great – thank you, Boyd, for bringing that up because it's been one of my pet peeves for a long time. It happens with TV on, on their breaking news chatter. It happens on the Internet with newspapers and so on. Everything's presented as, with sensationalistic headlines just as clickbait to get you to click on them because that's how they sell advertising is how many people click on stories. And so we've lost you know, the difference between something that you should really be paying attention to and something that, hey, we just would like you to tune in or click on this because we sell advertising based on how many clicks we get. And I pointed out the new guy who's, um, I think his name is L-I-C-H-T, licked or liked, I'm not even sure, that's the new president or new chairman of CNN, has promised to get away from that. And and if he does, you know, he, as he said to his crew, to CNN, our job should be not to alarm the viewer, but to inform the viewer. And if more stations and news organizations of all stripes, of all platforms, will follow that, then maybe people will understand. Maybe people uh, will get the difference between, uh, as I said, an insurrection on January 6th and a verdict in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Important stuff. We have to get to the right conversation on all these. Gary Abernathy, contributing columnist of The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Boyd. 
All right. Uh, again, some some really important conversation there in terms of how this is playing out. And yes, congressional hearings have a place to be sure. I love the fact that Gary brought up uh, Chris Licht, uh, who's the new uh, chairman at CNN, uh, because he's been very bold in saying, look, we have to change the culture at CNN uh, so that they're not just alarming and scaring, uh, but they're actually providing insight and information. Uh, to the public. And uh, if that does get some traction, that will be a a real game changer. And I think that's an important part of it. It's easy for us as we consume the news, wherever we consume it, whether it's on cable news or on the internet or on our phones, that we have to make sure we're stepping back from those outrageous headlines, from the clickbait kinds of uh, things, and get to the the real thoughtful, the nuance. If you missed our uh, interview earlier with Sarah Isger from The Dispatch, Uh, talking about even with these polls that are talking about issues, there's still nuance that we have to get to in terms of the conversation if we are going to have a conversation that's actually going to move us forward. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. Maybe we need a different kind of debate. Well, guess what? What happened today? A debate between Lindsey Graham and Bernie Sanders? The Hatch Foundation was involved. Find out about that coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.